Alright, what's up guys? Welcome in to today's episode of the South TT Podcast. It is June the 30th, 2017, and it's been a fun week here on the podcast as we've talked a lot of different topics. The SEC Coaches Summer Teleconference also talked about uh, some interesting coaching trends as well as an interview with South Carolina Head Coach Frank Martin and also talked to BandySports.com writer David Sisk about the Commodores, so lots of variety this week on the Southeast Tubes podcast, so be sure to go back and catch up on anything that you may have missed. And today, uh, several topics to discuss, and we might as well start with the hot topic, the one that kind of took over uh, the college basketball and NBA landscape last night, and that was the rumors that John Calipari had reached out to the New York Knicks to express interest in their vacancy there after Phil Jackson's exit. And as quick as it came out, several hours later, Calipari, who was in Cairo, Egypt right now, coaching the U19 team, uh, addressed all of the rumors, as you would expect, and completely denied everything, uh, said that he was happy at Kentucky and he would be coaching there for a long time. Now, Listen, this happens every single season. It happens every year, seemingly. There's always a link there. It was at one point, it was the Sacramento Kings. Uh, You know, talking about New Orleans, all these different places you've heard his name mentioned. This one felt different a little because we were talking more about him reaching out. Specifically, that was the rumor that he was the one doing the reaching out versus the teams being the one reaching out to him. Uh, But once again, you know, there's really nothing to it at the moment. And my thing is when you look at this whole situation, um, you know, why leave Kentucky for what is a mess of a franchise right now with the New York Knicks? It just wouldn't make any sense. Sure, you would have more power. You would be at the next level. uh, It would give him an opportunity to go back to the NBA level and have a chance to kind of erase any disappointment he had from the first time around uh, when he was at that level. But I just don't think this is the move. And, you know, again, it's something where it shouldn't surprise any of us that he was linked to such a place because, I mean, come on, the Knicks are in bad shape, but it's still, you know, one of the most storied franchises in the NBA. And obviously they're wanting to kind of change their fortunes there going forward. And why wouldn't you want a guy like that? But it appears that that's not going to happen. Uh, And again, you know, just think about what he's got at Kentucky. I mean, this guy could stay there forever. Um, You know, he could make a gazillion dollars there if he wanted to. Uh, And it's just kind of a situation where he said, I mean, you know, unless he really wants to take that next challenge and go back to the NBA to, to really, you know, try to do things differently this time around then you can start talking about, okay, sure, it's possible. And you you never say never at this point. Obviously, as we know, in this business, in today's coaching landscape, you never say never that a guy is never going to leave a place because we see it all the time. Even when we think it's not going to happen, it does. And so uh, you can never say never. When you have a guy of this caliber who's had the kind of success that he's had, he's always going to have opportunities. And he's going to have opportunities at the NBA level as the years go forward just because of the success he's had at Kentucky. 
and what he's been able to build, the way he molds these guys into NBA players. And you look at his track record, you know, it's just something that can't be ignored. So this is in no way surprising to, to see this link. It's no way surprising that he is denying it and, you know, saying I'm in Kentucky and, you know, this is probably not going to be the fit right now uh, for him at that NBA level. So, you know, I just don't think if you're him, you leave for, for a mess when you have yet another loaded roster at Kentucky this season. You have another opportunity to go out, be in the hunt for a Final Four, a national championship. Um, and so, you know, certainly it's just, uh, it's always intriguing when, when you see these rumors, when you see all these links for him, uh, it is, it's always an intriguing sort of whirlwind, I guess, for several hours until we get both sides of it and all that. But I did put out an intriguing question, um, talking about let's play hypothetical here and have some fun, which is what you're supposed to do on social media. And, you know, let's talk about a hypothetical question. Let's say he did make that jump. If you're Kentucky, who would be the first guy you would call to replace him? And I put out that kind of question to you all on Twitter and got some interesting responses. Obviously, this is Twitter, so you're going to get some funny responses, and we got several of those when you talk about, I think some of the names mentioned were Nick Saban, naturally. Um, Rick Pitino, of course, had to be another one that someone mentioned, and uh, I think Kim Anderson, uh, Chip Kelly. There's a lot of different, obviously, ones that were meant to be funny. Uh, But on the serious note, some people did suggest some serious ones, and I thought there were a couple good ones in there. You talk about uh, Billy Donovan was the one that, that a couple people suggested. We know he's been linked to that job before uh, and didn't leave for it, but, you know, you never know. I think maybe down the road, if there's an opportunity there, Billy Donovan is certainly someone that a lot of people would like on their list uh, when you think about if he chooses to leave, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, come back to the college game. Uh, and then other people mentioned a lot of other names, you know, good, good choices probably. Jay Wright was one that was mentioned, uh, and a lot of other guys in there as well. So that's just an intriguing question. You know, it's 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 the end of June. It's almost July. Uh, those are the kind of things that are kind of, you know, you have a little fun with on Twitter and kind of think about that because it is an intriguing question. You think about down the road, like we just talked about, if there's a situation where, you know, Calipari decides to leave for the NBA, what do you do if you're Kentucky? How do you replace a guy like that? And it's it's going to be a difficult challenge, without a doubt. Uh, but again, that's not something that the Wildcats are going to have to deal with this offseason. So, all right, guys, let's move on to another topic on my mind, another one that I talked about yesterday on Twitter, and that was about the changing face of my first set of SEC basketball power rankings. And my goodness, gentlemen, ladies, you have no idea just how much uh, fun it's been. It's been fun, but it's also just been very confusing at times when you try to place all these teams in a different spot. You know, I've I've looked back at all the preseason power rankings I've done. You've always been able to pinpoint, you know, maybe four or five teams in certain spots. This year, it's so much harder to do. Um, and you can't be sure really on, on maybe anyone really in the conference, even Kentucky at the top. You could make a case for some of the teams behind them to say, well, these teams behind them may have more experience uh, when you think about all the youth that Kentucky's going to have. But, you know, it's just, boy, it is so interesting to look at all these teams and move them around. And I said it on Twitter, I have moved these teams around so much at this point, especially those teams from 5 to 14, and that surprised a lot of people when I added 5 to 14. 
because I think it's just a given for everyone that LSU is going to finish last. As I've talked about on this podcast, I don't think it's a complete given that LSU is going to be the team at the bottom uh, because you think about the style of play, the way that Will Wade is going to kind of develop this roster, change the mindset there. I don't think it's 100% given that LSU is going to be the team at the bottom. Uh, but you look at everyone else, it's just there's so many tiny little intricacies between all these different teams um, that are just fascinating because it is. It just everyone's so close together. You could lump, you know, eight, nine different teams in together. You could have 10, 11, 12 teams that could realistically say, you know, if everything comes together, we have a shot at making the NCAA tournament. And that's just pretty amazing in this day and age when you think about this conference going forward. So it has. It's been a lot of movement. I've moved a lot of teams around. You know, there's even been a situation where, and honestly where I have it at right now, where my top four has changed a bit. And I talked about that top four in the past, talking about how I felt like those top four teams felt pretty set in stone. Uh, but maybe the order was not set in stone. And so I've changed a little bit there. And w- will that last to when I actually release this thing in a couple weeks? I don't know, because it changes all the time. Because the more you look at these rosters, the more you dive into all these players on these teams, it's just it's easy to go back and forth and think, well, one day this team feels like they could finish second. One day this team feels like they should they could finish second. Um, you know, and it, it's it's wild. It's so incredible to me to study all these teams and talk about the depth. It's just boy, it's it is. It's going to be just pretty outstanding to see how all this plays out. Uh, but like I said. Keep an eye out for the power rankings. They're coming in a couple weeks once I can finalize all these teams and all these places. And like I said last season, remember, this is just a first set of pre-season, off-season power rankings. They don't necessarily mean anything. This is just a first glance of a full deep dive into these rosters, just some initial thoughts. Will it change before the season gets here? Probably. More than likely, I would say. Not even probably. Yes, it probably will, without a doubt. Um, So just keep that in mind because, again, there's going to be so many different fan bases where I I could pick your team 12th, and I don't think you really realize just how close I I was to putting that team at maybe 6th or 7th. Um, And that is. That's how close it is right now. So... Uh, it's a lot of fun to do, and you know I, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on how you would rank these teams. A couple of you have already sent me the way you think it would kind of shape up, but I, I always love hearing it. I always love hearing the justification for certain teams in certain places, uh, so be sure to send that to me on Twitter, email, anything you want. I uh, love to always talk about it, so be sure to send that to me as well. Uh, you can do that whenever you want. It, it always makes for great discussion, so... Uh, and then finally, just to wrap up here on today's podcast, I've been putting out the preseason Southeast Hoops Reader Award polls. Now, this is something new we're doing on the website, and, and I think it'll be a lot of fun for us to do, is to kind of put questions out there for certain awards and see kind of what the consensus is for a lot of people out there. And you guys have done a great job. This is always something you can look at and say, well... You're going to get biased opinions. You're never going to get clear answers. But you guys have done an awesome job of just giving you know your thoughtful answer and not necessarily a guy from your team. So I always appreciate that. It makes for a great discussion 
Um, and we've already done a couple right now that are out there. So you can go back through my Twitter account at the Blake level, check out where those are, um, and then send me your selections within that thread. Uh, we've already done the most improved player, got a ton of responses on that one, a lot of variety on that one as well, as I figured, because you could go a lot of different directions with that. And uh, we also talked about the defensive player of the year. Uh, so be sure to check out that one as well. I'll put that one back out there today just to kind of uh, keep it flowing throughout the weekend. Um, and then we'll start posting the reader awards, uh, these individual categories starting next week. And again, there will be more categories on the way. And then once we put out the reader awards, uh, the Southeast Hoops reader awards, then I will start kind of diving into mine here throughout the month of July and then into August as we prepare to ramp things up as we get closer to the season. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of interaction from you guys, as I always enjoy. You know I do, and it is, it's late June, about to head into July, and the, the amount of discussion uh, on SEC basketball is just a thing of beauty. And, you know, last year it wasn't this way. But luckily it seems like everyone is starting to understand what kind of year it could be. And as we talk about more of these teams on the Southeast Hoops podcast, I mean, again, just think about what we talked about this week. You know, talk to Frank Martin at South Carolina about his returning roster and just how sort of versatile that roster is going to be as they try to replace Darius Thornwell, P.J. Dozier, Dwayne Notice. And then talk to David Siss yesterday about Vanderbilt, another team that Vanderbilt's going to bring back a lot of experienced guys, but they're also going to add some new guys into the mix that could have breakout years there. So, so many interesting teams in this conference, and that's going to make for an interesting award series here in the offseason. So you guys, be sure to stay tuned to that. Uh, be sure to stay tuned on Twitter, as I'll be putting out all these categories. Those are the first two. Keep an eye on the most improved player, defensive player of the year. If you haven't sent me your suggestions yet, then do that. And again, keep an eye out for more on the way. But uh, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Southeast Tubes podcast. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Uh, I will be back on Wednesday with a new episode of the Southeast Hoops Podcast. We'll take Monday and Tuesday off, obviously, for the holiday of July the 4th on Tuesday. So be back on Wednesday to talk all things SEC basketball. Thanks, as always, for supporting the podcast, and I will talk to you guys next week.